Hi everybody and welcome to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, can we build a great Victorian jetty with just a handful of cards? We find out in Pier 18. Next up, we find out if we are fast enough to break in, get the loot, and get out in Burgle Brothers. And lastly, we bully, bluff, and backstab our way to the top of the crime world in The Boss. I'm your host, Celestia Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, guys. Quick game. And Mike Gradier. <gasps> <Shuka -sha! laughs> our first game up this week is Pier 18, designed by Rory Muldoon. Published by Alley Cat Games in 2021. Number of players, 2 to 3, ages 10 and up. Playtime, 5 to 15 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box shows contented, behatted silhouettes enjoying a day on the sturdy pier as they watch the golden sun rise above a far-off metropolis. Inside the box, we find... 18 cards. And that's what's in the box. <laughs> wait, that's it? That's it. <laughs> wait, wait, shake cards. it, Mike. You must have missed something. Something else is in the box, surely. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. Rules? No, that I'm just kidding. the shortest what's in the box we have ever had. Wow. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Okay, well, before we find out if this game is peerless... <laughs> Okay, thank you, thank you. Evan, shore us up with some rules. In Pier 18, you take on the role of a Victorian pier builder as you compete mm. to create the country's greatest seaside pier. Sure, because that was a thing, right, Evan? Pier oh builders? my gosh, I mean, that, that was, was like a huge, huge industry. Just yes. piers. <laughs> Players Do you are remember the East India Pier Company? <laughs> just just <laughs> piers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, historic. Um, players will draft sections of pier, and they're going to build them out in a pattern to yield the most victory points. Mm -hmm. On the piers are four types of people. Fishermen, mm -hmm. lovers, flower salespeople, and poets. That's it. That's a whole pier. You can never <laughs> Trying find to do else. like a symbol for like a, yeah. a miming of flower mm -hmm. sales. I completely <laughs> failed. As you build your pier, these players, as they appear on your pier, are going to Score points. Fishermen score one point for every two of them on the same side of your pier, whichever has the most. The lovers will score two points for each of them as long as they've got two blank spaces to either side of them. Flower salespeople will score points if they have two other types of people next to them. And poets score one point for every two poets, straight up. In the first round, you're going to draft two cards. One is your starting pier, and the other card's going to be the last piece of your pier, but it's also going to define your bonus goals. Mm. Everyone's going to draft a card each round. Each card, there's going to be one card left undrafted. It can become a patron if it matches your symbols, and patron cards are worth one point each. The player with the most victory points at the end of the game is crowned the greatest pier builder of <laughs> their generation. <laughs> So it's like a city planner, it. sort of. Like, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we played this on Board Game Arena. Mm -hmm. And uh, what did we think of the look of the game? I mean, to me, it was it was a really kind of a cool look, especially on the, uh, mostly on the cover, actually, is what I want to talk about. 
the uh, it kind of reminded me of like one of those cutout shadow puppet shows. You know, like they have the silhouettes that kind of are reflecting on a on a thing. Like if mm-hmm. you saw Harry Potter, oh, yeah. there's like a scene where they're telling <laughs> that story about the person who got the like invisibility cloak. You know, it's kind of like that. It's just like the things are really stark and cut out and like, I don't know. I thought that Victorian was charm. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Okay. But definitely not Victorian colors, right? They they no. stayed away from the sapia tone type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. It is sunny. Bright, yeah. Bright colors. Yeah. Which that, is this supposed to be a London pier? What is all that sun doing there? <laughs> mm, it's hard to tell by their hats where they are <laughs> or mm. when they are actually. <laughs> I couldn't really tell what the uh, timing was on this. Okay, yes, I liked it too. I I thought that the symbology was great mm-hmm. um, in, in that it was super simple. Oh, the poets have a little symbol that's a blue quill, well, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, and, and the flowers was a flower and the hearts were the lovers. And, and although I have to say the fishing hook looked a lot like an anchor. Yeah, the fisherman yeah. thing, but. Yeah, because it had yeah. hooks on either side of the, of the bottom loop. So that is mm-hmm. a little unusual. Either would, way, kind of think of him as a fisherman, though. Anchor, the fishing boat, you know, whatever. It was I would say the toughest part of the look of the game was dis- discerning where the ocean was. The ocean side. Yeah, there's, yes. a, there's a beach side and an ocean side, uh, which mm-hmm. is distinct. But the colors are very close to each other. One's of mm-hmm. sh- like one shade of green difference. So that could have yes. been more distinct. Right. Mm-hmm. Wondering why they didn't have a different pattern. Like here's the beach and here's the water or two different colors or any number of choices they could have made. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. Some sort or of just tell marker. us the bottom side is the beach or the top side is, you know, say even write it on there. Sure. <laughs> Anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, exactly. any indication. See, I would imagine that the bottom was towards the beach and. No, the and, front and you'd be wrong. The ocean. Yeah, that's because right. We had the ocean at the bottom. That's what we yeah. thought. So ocean yeah. was south. Yeah, you know, yep. if you look hard enough, you can figure it out. But the thing is, it wasn't an easy, <sighs> quick, quick find. Um. So, what did you guys think of the um, the way the cards covered each other and the stacking? Was it confusing, Ed? I mean, I like the kind of your one of the few decisions you get to make in the sense that I oh, how much of the card I want to cover? Could no. You get a longer pier if you use all of it, but maybe you want to cover up some of the symbols that are not really doing you any good from the prior card. Yeah, I mean, the only the hearts are really the toughest one to manage when you're covering stuff up. You want to try to leave just two space on either side, but I felt like point-wise, the hearts only being worth two. I'd rather just expose as much pier as I possibly could to maximize all the other potential points that you're going to get on the board. Mm. Yeah. So Okay. All right, so uh, did you find, since they were all, each each type of scoring thing, like the lovers mm-hmm. and the flowers and the sailors, they were all worth one point, right? Each? No, the lovers, lovers were worth Lovers two. were worth two. Okay, that's why. So the lovers were harder to get, but also yeah. yes. worth more. They lead a lot of empty space around them. Oh my gosh, yeah. so, so much. Why? When, since yeah. when did lovers care, just from a thematic standpoint? Since <laughs> oh. when did young love care who's standing around I have them? a theory. I have a theory. I, I do mean, you look like well. you have one, too. All right, go, go for go it. First. I really want to hear it. I'm excited. Uh-huh. Okay. In the Victorian era, <laughs> it was you had to have certain uh, uh, limits yeah. on what you could do in public. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you were going to do romantic kinds of things in public, public displays of affection, you had to make mm-hmm. sure kind of no one was around in order to call you out. Okay. 
That's All my right. Theory. Now, my theory is slightly different. I I was thinking of it as this whole peer building is like a narrative, like a story, and you want the lovers to like run to each other, like have that distance to have that romantic <laughs> meetup with each other. The so you needed them far run. apart. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The the into you need each a little space arms. for the grand gesture. Exactly. You need more space for the grand gesture. That's a good way to. You think. know what? I'm on board with all of them, and I'll go with a third <laughs> theory. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the right. the any peer goers that recognized who were around the lovers that recognized they were lovers would automatically give them space mm. so oh, they know, actually man. moved away yeah which kind of identifies them as lovers yeah so in your story the crowd parts and two lovers <laughs> turn and notice each other mm-hmm. <laughs> who knew right. you were such a romantic mike <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i, I keep right. that hidden so you wanted us to be careful mike because you thought some of the victory yeah. point cards uh don't mix yeah, and and I think lovers is one of the most like easy, like readily available like thing to think about is like if you're trying to do flowers and lovers, I mean flowers want a lot of things next to them. Lovers want a lot of space, and like your your planning card, the first card, or I guess it's the yeah the first card that you pick that's going to be at the end of your pier, could kind of also have some things on it that would counteract the other points that exist on the board for you too. So like one might say. Have the most fishermen on on the ocean side could be your like special card, but then the cards that are played out there, you know, want fishermen to be on the other side. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Got to yeah, you got to watch tricky. the combinations. Yeah. So Ed, <clears throat> you thought that um, trying to keep track of the different scoring methods was a little tricky. Well, it can be because you know, some of them. Uh, I mean, Mike already kind of tinted. Some of you want people together. Some people you don't. You know, yeah. One, you need them all on the same side. Other ones, you want them on different sides. So mm-hmm. it, the, the, you're going to want a player aid in order to keep track of yes. which mm-hmm. one is what. Of Boy, course, I Boy must Game Arena that- helped because you can just hover on it and say, hey, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was yes. definitely helpful because I must have checked that thing like 10 times before I made <laughs> my first. It's like, wait, poets need this and fishermen need that and sailor lovers and flower. And how do mm-hmm. I place all these things? And it's a. It's all on one card, but you just like, it's a yeah. lot to think about before you put a single card down. Mm-hmm. I think I might have misspoken slightly in the introduction and said 18. I think there are 18 peer cards, but I think there's a couple like player aid cards player in aid the cards, box right. that remind okay. you of what the point values are. So you can put one of those next to you in the in the at home version. There yeah, you go. Ironically, on Board Game Arena, they didn't have that player aid card ready right on the side for you to reference. You had to move over to your score and kind of hover on the different symbols to figure mm-hmm. out, to remind yeah. yourself. So that I felt that was a little clunky. Yeah, I kind of feel like in general that Board Game Arena, although it was good to keep track of the stuff there, it kind of took something away from this game from mm-hmm. like the physical act of stacking the cards or looking at your player aid and deciding what you want to do and watching people look at theirs and, you know, kind of read what they're trying to do. So you lose a little bit. At the same time, there's no, you can't accidentally slide the cards <laughs> around once you place yeah, your peer true. because that that's can get true. a little messy, you know, yep. in certain situations. Yep. <laughs> so Okay, explorers, it's time to <laughs> dig up or bury Pier 18. Ed? The rule is a little trickier than I expected for a card of uh, just 18 cards in there. <laughs> so, um, I found it interesting, but I'm just not sure how long I want to keep on playing this walk down the pier. But it's mm-hmm. just interesting enough to give it a light dig. 
Okay. You do have to do some digging to make a peer. I get yeah. that. Yeah. All right, Evan. Pier 18, I thought it was a good warm-up game for game night. It's quick. It's easy to play. Fits in your pocket. That's nice. And it has just enough strategy to make it part of your regular rotation of quick games. So dig it up. Mike? I kind of keep a special place for a game where they use cards in multiple different ways. And they keep the components to a minimum but still make it fairly replayable. I think with 18 cards, you can kind of master this after a while and know and some strategies might emerge. But for now, I think it was fun enough, interesting enough, and the mechanics were good enough for me to try it again. So I'll dig it up. So looking at this game through the lens of a parent, I think it's a great game for family night because... It is a little bit complicated, but nothing that the kids are going to get, like, give up on figuring out. So once they figure it out, I think they're really going to enjoy uh, placing these cards in ways to maximize points. And I think it's just the right amount of time for for, um, my kids' attention span before we move on to the next game. So I really like it for those reasons. I'm going to give it a strong dig up. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do you go to the pier <laughs> for fun and excitement? Let us know. Not another great day at the pier. <laughs> what a bizarre question. Oh, yeah, I like it. I want to hear the answers. I wonder. Hey. <laughs> I definitely want to hear the answers. So look us up. We are on all social media at Which Game First. Hey, everybody. What's going on with Which Game First? Evan? Monday nights, we play live games. Which Game First is live, broadcasting on all our social media channels, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. Come watch us play the game, learn the game often for the first time. We're going to be reviewing it in an upcoming episode. And we also are very interactive with the crowd, with the with the people watching us. We play mm-hmm. trivia games with them. We answer your mm-hmm. questions. And we love your helpful hints and suggestions. So Monday night is always, always a fun night here at Which Game First. It's Monday now. We usually record on Monday nights, too, after our, our game. And mm-hmm. uh, I really like the trivia tonight, Evan. Good job. It was <laughs> really much. good. Much it was, appreciate it. Monday, it was all Monday, sea Monday. and um, salt-based. Always <laughs> yeah, the Salt, sea, and paper. A little foreshadowing. Right. Yes, for yeah. salt, sea, and paper. Right. So if mm-hmm. you don't catch us on Monday nights, for some reason it doesn't work for you, uh, you can always catch it later on Facebook, on YouTube. On Twitch, wherever you generally watch your uh, media. So definitely catch it. If you miss it, see it after. Mm -hmm. What else is going on? Well, we are going to Philly to go to PAX Unplugged very soon. That's going to be awesome. I love seeing like all the creative minds in there, making Mm -hmm. new games and testing with people. The big open hall of brand new stuff that's coming out. And all the people that are in the industry that we want to know all about. So mm-hmm. we're going to have our microphones. we got a little media badge ready. We're going to have our camera phones or, you know, our phones, which are cameras now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to look for people to interview. We're setting up some now. But if you, there's somebody you guys want to hear from that you know yes. is going to be at PAX, please let us know. We want to talk to them and we want to get it set up right away. Yeah, let us so. know who you want us to grab while we're there. I mean, this mm-hmm. year we are going... Normally, we'd like to take it easy and just go do a learn and play, do a couple panels and have mm-hmm. fun. This year, we are going as full-on media. So mm-hmm. uh, if you have interview people you want us to interview, let us know. We would love to 
uh, definitely um, take your suggestions. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit us up on Discord. That's mm-hmm. the easiest place to find mm-hmm. us quickly. Or you can uh, reach out to us through our website. Instagram is another great place to get us anytime. Yep. All right. And we just wanted to thank our patrons. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we also record for them our private patron-only podcast on Monday nights. And it is called... Bonus points. So if you want access to our patron-only podcast, just become a patron today. It's only three bucks a month. You can go to our website, click on Become a Patron Today, get access to our whole back catalog of bonus points and a couple of secret Which Game First episodes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Back to it. Our next game up this week is Burgle Brothers, designed by Tim Fowers. Published by Fowers Games in 2015. Number of players 1 to 4, ages 12 and up. Playtime 45 to 90 minutes. Okay, Mikey G, tell us what is in this kind of retro-y looking box. <laughs> the cover of the box shows a strange collection of burglars readying themselves for an upcoming heist with such tools as a laptop, a drill, and even... A raven? (laughs) Inside we find 144 square cards, four character meeples, three guard meeples, nine dice, 73 tokens, and 24 walls. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game was a steal, (laughs) Evan, break into the rules for us. Hang on, my sides hurt from that joke. (laughs) Oh, Oh, geez. (laughs) All right. Burgle Brothers. It's a cooperative game. Players are unique members of a crew trying to pull off a robbery of a highly secure building. Without getting caught, of course. The building has two or three floors, depending on how you're going to play the game. And it's a grid. Four by four tiles. Sixteen tiles per floor. Each with its own safe to crack. So on each floor there is a safe you must crack. Players start on the first floor and they have to escape to the helicopter waiting for them on the roof after they've cracked all the safes on all the floors. Players have three stealth tokens. This is what keeps you in the game. Mm -hmm. Whenever they're on the same tile with a security guard, a security guard finds them, you're going to lose one. You'll lose one of your three tokens. If any of the players is caught without a stealth token, they're all gone. That's it. It's the game over for everybody. But if players can open all the safes and escape through the stairs to the roof, they're going to win. Now, let's get into this review by my fellow Den of Thieves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we were your fellow Den of Thieves because this was a cooperative and we played Mm -hmm. it on Board Game Arena. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the look of it there? Um, I mean, I'll start. Uh, One of the things I noticed right away was that the art on the inside of the game was a mix of like either like old school, almost like 50s line drawings mm. or not line drawings, but like the cartoony look, but also some like realistic photos that were just kind of yeah. altered slightly to be like yeah. also part of the game. It was it was it was kind of odd. <laughs> and the cards themselves had a really uh, a, a look about them that was really for me reminiscent of Monopoly. Mm. Like oh, the cards are shaped mm. the same way Park Place and like um, 
They have like oh, a color line on color top. Bar. It's a square oh, yeah, color yeah. bar. It does have big, that Monopoly feel in a way. Which I think, you know, may or may not be intentional toward Monopoly, but definitely mm-hmm. intentional toward the period it's trying to mm-hmm. recollect, which is that 60s vibe of like old <laughs> breaking Ocean's yeah. Eleven style stuff, but only yeah. in the mm-hmm. 60s. Mm-hmm. Or Catch Me If You Can, that kind of yes. cartoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Art There's that definitely some that different. Movie. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely some different art here that I'm seeing on our page than I saw online too. Like the characters were a little different. I'm not sure which one is the accurate one for the box, but I wonder if there's multiple versions of the game. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, right? Could be. And, and in the physical game, you get a um, mock-up of an actual building that you're going to get to the helicopter pad on top. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the game box. But yeah. Well, the game box yeah. is a the building. Box, oh, kind of right. Cool. And you can yeah. lean it up to look like the building. I love that. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty cool trick. Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So did you think this game was uh, too difficult? Is it? Can we get to the top? Can you get to that helicopter? How hard is it? Is it co-op? Well, it's not easy. We did win in a couple of guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time I, th- I played, I, I've yet to win. <laughs> I think the I number of players matters a lot more because the guard moves between each turn. So if you have less players, it might actually be easier because he has less targets to hit. And, they're, and he doesn't get to them as fast. So. But it takes longer to flip over all the cards? No, the same amount of time? Or wait, no, he gets to go time. every two... Well, he'll get to go less often, right? Because he only goes once per round. Yeah. In, once in a way, after yes. each player takes a turn. Right. That's, oh. how, that's what I'm saying. That's he goes one, after moves. each player, but the difference being, if I'm standing in a position for three turns, he has more likely to hit me than if I'm yes. only standing there for one turn. Don't stand. Well, that's what I mean. If there's more players, I'm stuck there until <laughs> yeah, my next no. turn, but he's still moving. Absolutely. So it makes it a little tricky. Yeah. I, I, I got to ask, too, like, I mean, I, I don't want to keep going back to the art, but I, I just want to know when this time period is supposed to be. <laughs> like, there's modern looking kind of people with, like, night vision goggles. There's a guy with one of those twisty mustaches that looks like the, the weight lifter guy right. from the circus. Like, well, in the 60s, there was no computer room, right? I mean, yeah, right, you didn't exactly. have that in the offices like, for the I most part, unless you were a computer, you know... I mean, computer room would be the 70s, right? It would, it would be, be more 60s. of a probably 70s and beyond thing. So it's yeah, a hybrid like of a couple 70s. different eras, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah I got, I got a 60s room? vibe from it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a room called Thermo, I think. It's like a thermo like detector. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. when you go in yeah. there. So I don't know when. Yeah. I don't know when this game's supposed to be. It seems like they just kind of made like a, a salad of like different fun thieving time periods and mm-hmm. just. You know, went it's for slightly it. trippy in that way. It yeah. is a little trippy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, Evan? Splitting up? You have, I think you do have to split up because the idea is you got to uncover as many of those tiles as fast as you can. Yeah. Part of the way you crack, well, the way you crack a safe is by learning what the combination is, and you do that by revealing the tiles both in the row and the column for which that one safe tile appears. Mm-hmm. So you've got, the faster you can get to that, the better. I think you have to divide yeah. and conquer in this game. Yeah, it's a four by four grid. So like there'll be six safe numbers and you have to roll them. So each, you can add extra dice. Like you basically spend your actions, which you get four of in a turn, I think, to, to either like roll one die or you can spend two to like roll a die plus, you know, with a plus or okay. minus on it or something like that. So yeah. 
This is where I think BGA fell down, though. Mm-hmm. Right? The dice rolling. And this is a problem, mm. BGA. All right? <laughs> yeah. BGA, I'm talking to you. The, he, you are taking away a fundamental joy of games that have dice, and that is the actual dice rolling piece. A lot of the games you program, the dice get rolled without the player doing anything. At mm. least give us an opportunity to click on a picture of dice or something <laughs> so yeah, that we like, know I'd love to see a tumble, you know, like so that we know cool. we're rolling dice at the mm-hmm. very minimum, mm-hmm. you know, on the other hand, you know, on the, if you're going to go all the way, yeah, give us a actual graphic yeah. of animated dice getting rolled right. when we roll them. But I would settle for just knowing the dice got rolled by letting us have some interaction with that, yeah. um, with that uh, event. Right, instead yeah. of so, just a die face showing up out of the blue. But, yeah, right. That's it. Yeah. So that's one place where And this one happened, and, and, uh, I don't know if it resolved it. Oh, the game's over. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true, too. That insta-resolve, that's another problem for BGA, mm-hmm. yeah. You're right, like, what happened? You know, I guess the guard got us? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I wasn't fully able to understand the guard's movement. Like, I, I think there's a movement deck for the... For the... For the um, guard i don't think it's a role i think it's a deck of different right but right it didn't make any sense to no me. i had trouble understanding it too and i had a a character that allowed me to look at the patrol deck mm-hmm. which didn't look like a deck to me it looked like a set of cards sitting on the side i mean that might have been a board game arena mm-hmm. thing didn't mm-hmm. feel like a deck and wasn't i mean it wasn't super useful looking at this little patrol deck but mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, the fact that you it. can scry away the card if it's bad, like if it's if you look at it and you understand how it's going to work, yeah, I think it would be pretty good because then you'd be like, oh, the guard's going to go here if he draws this right. card. I can you can put it to the bottom of the different deck. one. Yeah. yeah. Or he's going to miss us. I'll leave it there because that's a good card for us. Mm-hmm. It sounds powerful, but when it's confusing as to how the guard actually works, it doesn't really help <laughs> to have a card to augment that. It did seem like the guard was going to change, like changes his tactics so often that you could set up for, you know, you could set up for what you think is a really good maneuver to get away from the guard and all of a sudden be in his path before it's your mm-hmm. turn again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's because you're tripping there. alarms along the way. Certain right. scenarios other happen are. as you uncover or move on mm-hmm. to tiles that yeah. trigger reasons for the guard to, to, to change direction. And mm-hmm. also, yes, in a target square. So, like, right. to my understanding, he has, like, a target square and then a program as it were how you're gonna get there yeah right and you can see that coming so you can kind of see your demise you know like oh mm-hmm. i'm I, I just took my turn and now the guard has changed directions and i can see his path is going to wind right over to where i'm standing and <laughs> yeah. there's nothing i can do about it my teammates have to find a way to distract him from that yeah, it, it bga yeah. is nice in that way that it, it is showing you the path he's going to take mm-hmm. so that is yeah. that i think that's a useful visual aid oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah Yep. Um, there's a temptation to want to just move on the, to the tiles. Like, because when they're not revealed yet, you don't know what's there. You can just move on to the tile for one of your actions, and then it flips and does whatever it's going to do, which is often not good for you. Um, so it saves you actions, but it could sap all your actions if it's like a security door you can't get through or it's like kind of, some kind of locked area. Right. But but sometimes you got to just risk it. And I think the last game we played, Celeste was like, just risk it. And it like totally oh, yeah. worked out. Yeah. <laughs> my, strategy was, my strategy was forget this peaking nonsense, you know. <laughs> right. We're under the just gun go. here, people. Just that's go. Right. That's true. Speed. Sometimes you go just got to go just for it. This is clearly a high security building. 
Um, yes, yes. Because there's alarms and cameras everywhere. Mm. Yeah. It's it, the one good but thing that happens. there's only one guard. Per floor. Yeah, per floor. Yeah. yeah. How tough can it be? It's a four by four grid. So that, and he's moving like three spaces at a time. So that's mm-hmm. a, there's walls on the board too that it, certain things can get through him. But yeah, I mean, he's a good walls. guard, but. He's yeah, good. well, they're yeah. clearly Wait. relying on their technology. They think their yes. keypad yeah. and cameras yes. are going to protect them. <laughs> yeah, you got to get players off of that first floor. You can't have all four players lingering on that first floor. That one guard is going to move every time. When you move, mm-hmm. when a player moves to a second floor, the guard on that floor will wind up moving after mm-hmm. that particular mm-hmm. player right. goes. So if you can, if you, so again, divide and spread conquer. it out. Get yeah. people spread out, not only yeah. among the floors but on different floors. Yes. so that that limits. The movement mm-hmm. of a guard. That's, I think, a good strategy to yep, take. Yep. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Burgle Brothers. Mike? The AI felt a little clunky and confusing to me. <laughs> the theme also had me a little bit baffled just because I didn't know what time period we were supposed to be in and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun, though, to reveal hidden tiles on a maze and stuff and mm-hmm. traps and not knowing what's coming up. So that, that was a lot of fun. So it, I was kind of on the fence, you know? Um, but I think I want to give it another try, and, and that kind of tells me that I should dig it up for now. Ed? It seemed to get more difficult with more players, and this mm. game relies a lot on luck of the dice. <laughs> yeah, despite that, I do like the high theme, and I'm interested enough to try my luck again. So I'll dig it up for now. Did I miss you, Evan? You missed me, and I Evan, miss you. Go. We missed you, Evan. I won't miss Burgle Brothers. I think it has a lot going for what is conceptually a pretty basic game. I, I felt the tension when the guard was moving around and we're playing hide-and-seek yeah. with them. So I really felt that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a very good theme, and it has replayability. It's a puzzle that keeps you coming back for more. Dig it mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't mind the theme. I won't even call it thematic soup. I, I won't mind the aesthetic soup or stew mm-hmm. that this game was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it blended well enough, even if it was like multi-era. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept the color tones really nicely together. And I, I actually like the mix of images, but I'm always a fan of like wacky hodgepodge imagery, like the original, <laughs> like, um, what's it? Mission to Mars game, the original. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, terraforming I would, Mars, terraforming, terraforming, terraforming Mars, yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. that one. So I would definitely not give it points out for that. Um, in addition to that, I thought it was quite a pleasant co-op game. I'm a fan of co-op mm-hmm. games and this yeah. one seemed, uh, really civilized and, um, <laughs> and pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable. It was a nice, enjoyable puzzle with a good theme. So I will dig it up. Nice. If, so. what is your favorite heist game? We want to know. We are at which game first. Find us on social media. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Our last game up this week is The Boss, designed by Elaine Allier, published by BlackRock Editions in 2010. Number of players, two to four, ages 10 and up. Playtime, 20 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in The Boss Box. The cover of the box shows us a wise guy about to make us an offer we can't refuse as he stands in front of a map of the U.S. marking some very traditional mob cities. Inside we see 27 city cards, 8 character cards, 5 police cards, 36 gangster cubes, 4 score cubes, 
one marker counter and four banished counters. And that's what's in the box. I love how you changed characters mid-box because <laughs> I love that. Well, no, no, I, I changed that. characters after the introduction. No, of no, the I game. get it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm on I board. I to represent more than one city. <laughs> now I'm going to try mine. Ready? Oh, God. Here we go. Before I love it. we tell you, if this is a game you can't refuse, Evan, <laughs> my dearest friend, grace us with the knowledge of the rules. On this the day of my daughter's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) The boss. It's a card. (laughs) Well, it's a card game. And you can do your Irish version of it, right? (laughs) No. Maya Lansky. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I will spare everybody. Okay, okay. The boss is a card game where you assume the role of crime bosses in American territories vying for control of the most profitable regions. It's a game of deduction. Mm -hmm. Each territory is represented by a color, and each territory has a number of cards, which will vary depending on the territory. For example, the green territory has three cards, but the blue territory has five cards. Mm -hmm. In each round of play, one card of each color is placed face down. All other cards are dealt out to the players. These cards in your hand help you determine the face-down card for any given color. And some cards are good, like victory points, and some cards are bad, like going to jail or to the hospital. (laughs) You're going to place cubes to control the territories. And the most cubes of your color on any territory is going to get the benefit, or penalty, of the face-down card for that color when it's eventually revealed. The big boss territory, that's the red card. It has no cards to deal out. You'll never have a red card in your hand. But if you're going to claim that territory and you win, you get to take a piece of the action from the card that is played to its left, and it moves on each round of the game. So bet on red if you're feeling lucky. You play three to five rounds, most points win, and then... Forget about it. Hey. <laughs> there we go. He came around. See? I saved it for the end. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to start with a disagreement. All right, uh, all right. Mike and Evan, uh, you guys seem to disagree on the art style. So, Evan, you liked the depiction of the mob bosses? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, I thought the I liked how I liked how they were drawn. Um, I thought they, you know, they were, they were color thematic, you know, to, to their color. They, they were distinguished. Mm -hmm. Each one definitely stood out among the others. And I thought it captured the era of, you know, mid 20th century crime bosses fairly well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No confusion on the era here, right? Yeah, that is true. (laughs) But Mike, what did you think? Uh, So for me, like. If you, like, if you never saw the cover of this box, right. And I told you this is a game. This is a game about gangster bosses you could probably show me without ever seeing the box exactly what these guys are going to look like (laughs) you know what i mean like all the stereotypes kind of (laughs) crusty you know i thought the 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 you know the art itself was well done i think they chose you know good positions for the guys there's a couple of them that look like gangsters i haven't thought of but in general i just think the art was kind of like very much expected which is probably by design in my guess Mm-hmm. Right, right. It, yeah. you, it, it's a tough line to walk, though, when you want to be mm-hmm. recognizable, right. but also right. mm-hmm. creative. 
Yeah, it's yeah. tough. In a game like this, people have expectations. If you don't fill those expectations, they probably won't like it. So, you know, even though it's my personal criticism, I, I don't. I think they probably made the right decision. You know, for the game itself. So, like if uh, people for... are gonna recognize the characters. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like the big they'll, they'll boss know is the Don name, Corleone yeah. from The Godfather. I mean, how can <laughs> right. you? I mean, no mistaking it. Yeah. Right. right. It's just no two ways about it. Yeah. Well, Ed, you said some of the information, um, it, you only get to know some of it. Well, you only know what's in your hand and um, on what other people play and trying to deduce what card is the, the one that's actually face down in the location. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you end up playing a little bit of a mind game with people. And I kind mm-hmm. of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like um, I'm, I'm sending a, a person over to the blue area and then I smirk at Mikey. And now he has to figure out, am mm-hmm. I trying to bait him into the blue area? Or right. um, is that really something valuable I'm going for? Yeah. I mean, a lot of information comes out too on which spaces people are avoiding. For a while, like mm-hmm. Mikey has not played green at all. <laughs> but <laughs> what but does if you're he smart, know that I don't. Yeah. Know. What is? Yeah. Exactly. What information does he have? But like sometimes though, if you hold your cards long enough, you can scare people away from that location long enough, and then play out your hand there and kind of right. surprise them at the end. So. Okay, so yeah. that kind of bluffing is seems to be really thematically on point. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I saw, you know, Fat Pony or <laughs> I downtown. Saw fat what's he doing? downtown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah what's the he doing? Yeah. went over there. You should follow him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is true, actually. That, I didn't even think of it as thematic. But yeah, I think that the type of bluffing that you use in this game is sort of a hidden information, chicken sort of thing, which will happen between rival gangs. That's pretty, pretty cool observation. <laughs> All right, so, you know, you're trying not to get caught or hurt. What's that about, Ed? Well, if you end up in a territory that has, a, well, a shootout, you guys mm-hmm. might go to the hospital for a turn, and you're, you're, you might miss out on Tony. You're not going to be happy about not having Tony in the next fight. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the cubes are your team, your, your, your family members. And if some of them wind up going to the hospital or to the jail, they're going to be taken out of either the next round or possibly two rounds of the game. And remember, this is only a three to five round game. Right. So in that sense, wow. it can be over relatively quickly. In a, What's in the difference between the big cubes and the small cubes, Evan? Yeah. So the uh, the big cu- the uh, the small cubes, I believe, are the ones that you use one and done. But the big cubes, you get to reuse again. So. Mm-hmm. Some of some of these people in your in your crew you can only use once, but others you get to take back at the end of the round and have again for the next round. So like how, you, how you once decide to use those? And pay them off. They go on the job. Oh, but, uh, okay, I get right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a, it's a reusable resource. No, a, a limited yeah. resource. Limited resource. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, yeah, it's hard to it's it's kind of has a little of a grim loser feel to it, you know, where, <laughs> oh, man, I wasted all that stuff and I'm not getting it back. And like he, he just edged me out and now he gets all the rewards and I get nothing. Mm. <laughs> so you is know, starting from a, is starting, you know, after you get blown out of the water like that is starting up again really hard. Meaning, are you kind of out of the game? Evan says it's only three, three or four rounds. Yeah, it feels like it's. It, it's a big blow. I think you can still come back with it with some clever, like some good draws too and some mm-hmm. clever plays, but it definitely puts you in a hole. <laughs> you wind up relying more on the luck of the draw at that point than you're controlling yeah. your own destiny. 
Yes, yeah, definitely say that's true. Yeah, pushing your luck, if it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, there are some opportunities to score big in right. this game too, though. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yep, so yeah, there's some there's some riskier plays you can make that will, if nobody catches on or nobody has the right cards in their hand, you can end up scoring a lot of money in one turn. So, you know, and I was looking for those opportunities the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like the Don Corleone boss, I think that he just kind of attaches onto somebody else's fortune, like he takes a cut. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. So, it's yeah, he takes he, he gets half mm-hmm. of the card to its uh, all the cards to its on the player board to the left. It starts mm-hmm. out with when in the position where there's only one territory to its left, but by the third round there's three territories to its left and it will get half of all the values of what if if there's val- victory points to be had, mm-hmm. it'll get yeah. half of all those. So yeah. the, bo- the 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 main boss becomes a more powerful card later in the game and can mm. yield some yep. very good results. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's risky as well. You might invest and get nothing. You don't You're know. Right. That's right. the rough part. Yep. And that's kind of a lot of the way this game goes, you know, and like you said it it's on theme a little bit to to decide where to take your big risk, you know, where to make your move. Right. <laughs> make your move. So, you know, and it could pay off big or you can be basically knocked knocked on your back so <laughs> that's kind of a fun thing okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury the boss evan the boss is like a boss <laughs> see what i did there i think it's clever and i like deduction and it's mixed in with a good amount of bluffing um the risk taking of territories it really keeps things on edge this is a well thought out game dig it up mike the theme's been played to death as far as like the mobster theme. So I, you know, I, I kind of exhausted by that theme, but, but actually I think you might've kind of changed my mind in talking about it in the fact that they actually use a simple bluff mechanic to make this game thematic. So I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. The bluffing um, can kind of get transparent if you have the wrong card. So that's a little bit of a downside, but I was going to bury it, but I think I might dig this up now because I think I want to like explore the strategies a little bit more in this game. So yeah, dig it up. Ed? I really enjoy trying to find a way to bluff your opponent into traps while keeping other options open. It didn't quite get me super excited about playing the game. <laughs> now, part, of it, part of like what Mikey said, it's like I, I've seen this tile of game before, but and I'm going to join Mikey in giving it a library. I'll play it again just to, you know, find out if I can get the, the right cash. Yeah. <laughs> so a light dig up for Ed. Yeah. A light, yeah, light dig, right, Ed? Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. If you're joining me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you take the gun or the cannoli? Let us know. <laughs> we are at which game first. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you every single week. We absolutely love to hear from our fans, so please reach out to us anywhere online that you see us. We are at Which Game First. You can go to our website and become a patron today for just $3 a month. It hugely helps us here at the show, and you can get access to our exclusive patron-only podcast called... Bonus 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 Bonus
points. And if you have a minute, you're an iPod uh, listener. Remember iPods? What are you thinking, Celeste? Is it, It's not 2002. <laughs> yeah. Listen on an Apple product. Please give us a review there. It really helps us. That would be huge if that's your nice, helpful gift to us for this Christmas. We'd appreciate it. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Happy exploring. There is no honor among burglars. <laughs> I want you to take a long walk of a short pair. Oh, God. <laughs> Come stay with us, we're the burglar bros. <laughs> <laughs>